0: Welcome to the Off The Crutch Podcast, your home for disability-related topics from a disabled perspective. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Off The Crutch. Today on the podcast, I have Andy Emlay. Andy is a comedian with cerebral palsy. Now, the first comedian that I was ever introduced to with CP was Josh Blue, and this was many years ago. Josh won season four of Last Comic Standing. Now, Andy grew up in Kentucky, but now resides in Indiana. He first picked up the microphone in July of 2014, and he has performed throughout the U.S., including appearances at top clubs, such as the Comedy Caravan in Louisville and the Orlando Improv. Andy's story is just another example of how he's turned cerebral palsy into a positive, or what he likes to call palsy positive. So let's hear what he has to say. How are you doing today, Andy?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Travis. How are you doing today? I'm doing great.
1: Thank you. And you know, this month is Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month and you have cerebral palsy and I wanted to get you on the podcast today just to talk about your story and you're very unique because you are a comedian. And so why don't you talk a little bit about how that journey started for you?
0: (laughs) That journey started actually, actually about 10 years ago. Um, I get tickets to go to a comedy club here in town. We still had a funny bone here in town. And I saw a well-known comedian by the name of Chris Fonseca, who has cerebral palsy also, and saw him and, you know, thought he was really funny. His comedy was really relatable. Then a few years later, I saw Josh Blue right after he, he won last comic standing again, another relatable comedian that I could relate to several years later. I got tickets to a comedy club here in town, went and saw some comedians and then started doing open mics. Cause I like anybody thinks when they go to a comedy club, Oh, that looks easy. I think I can do that. And that's, that's basically how I got started. Was oh, well, that looks easy. I think I can do that, and started building an act around around my life and trying to make it as relatable as possible. So
1: I love that. And you mentioned your life, and your life obviously has been um, impacted by cerebral palsy. What type of CP do you have?
0: I, so I have. Um, I have spastic cerebral palsy. Okay. But um, so I have muscle spasms in my arms and my legs. I use forearm crutches to get around um, you know, for short distances. And then I uh I use a wheelchair for any kind of long distances like theme parks, grocery stores, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Totally can relate. I'm the same way. When you were talking about meeting Josh Blue and the other comic, uh Chris. What attracted you to comedy and wanted to just do open mics?
0: Well, I've always heard that you can either laugh about your situation or you can cry about it. And it seems like I've been laughing about it for over 40 years now. So I thought, you know, I could put a fun spin on things that happened to me um, and make people laugh about it too.
1: Yeah. Take me back to the first time you did an open mic night.
0: Uh, I was terrified, you know you're you're always up in front of people and you're always talking about your story and sharing your story anytime you got a disability because people think you have a unique perspective and they want to hear about it. Um, but when you're up in front of a room full of strangers and you're expected to tell do- jokes and make them laugh, uh, that's a different kind of stress altogether.
1: Yeah. Did you find that it was maybe harder for you to communicate with the crowd because of your disability?
0: I wouldn't say that per se, but I didn't want to do jokes strictly about my disability, you know, so people didn't think I was just telling jokes from a disabled perspective. You know, I tell, I tell jokes about, you know, being a new father. I tell jokes about being married. My wife is able-bodied, you know, Um, I didn't want people to think that I was a gimmick act and all I was going to talk about was my disability.
1: When you get on stage, does it feel like you're just like everybody else? The disability just disappears?
0: It's really an adrenaline rush anytime you do comedy. So anytime you get any kind of ailments or any kind of pain, I'm sure, as you know, when the adrenaline gets going, all that pain just kind of goes away. And so that's that's another thing that kind of really attracted me to the limelight was that and the fact that I knew that going into a building – I was going to be one of those folks that was going to stand out just because I was, you know, a little bit different.
1: Mm -hmm. And you mentioned limelight and I want to stick with that for a second. Before you started comedy, did you ever feel like there was more of a spotlight on you because
0: of your disability? Yeah. uh, Travis, I was mainstreamed in a public school in the 1980s way before the ADA was ever passed. So there was, you know, news reporters everywhere there was people in my face when I was young like how's it feel to be mainstreamed into a public school and how's it feel to do this in spite of having a disability and I was on the front page of several papers for that kind of thing so um you know it's it's always been one of those kind of things where it's like okay we're gonna talk about this again because um you know, I've done this in spite of my disability, but I'm just trying to live my life like other folks would.
1: Yeah. You don't want to be treated differently than anybody else. And I see that you use your comedy to as an outlet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really use it as an outlet to try to break down barriers and hopefully change the stereotypes that people have about people with disabilities.
1: Sticking with comedy, what have you taken away from other comics who have cerebral palsy?
0: Um, well, I I did a Zoom show with uh, Chris Fonseca uh, a couple months ago, and that was really fun. Uh, He introduced me as his much younger stunt double, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) Uh, And it's just, you know, and he's always told me, try to try to write material that's not specifically about your disability. So people aren't people aren't thinking that's all they're going to get from you.
1: It's really great to connect with others with disabilities who are in the same creative space as you, you know, whether you're a comedian or an actor or a writer. So I think that's probably helped you a lot in growing as a comedian.
0: Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where, um, um, <laughs> I kind of try to take the opportunity as it comes. If I think it's going to be a good opportunity to further myself in my career, uh, then I kind of take the opportunity and and mold it as I go along. Uh, a good good example is uh, several years ago, I got an opportunity to perform at the Orlando Improv. It wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna pay anything. Uh, it was just a guest spot. Nobody knew I was going to be there except for some family members in the area that I told was going to be there. And, uh, you you know, I decided to take the chance. I had about two months notice to get on a plane and be in Orlando for a Wednesday night show and made the best of an opportunity. And then other doors have opened themselves because of that.
1: Yeah, that's great. And before
0: the pandemic, were you traveling a lot? yeah yeah I would say I would say I did quite a bit of traveling um, Of course as you know being a person with a disability you have to pre-plan everything anytime you go anyplace even if it's just you know 15 or 20 minutes down the road you've got you got to make sure you've been to that venue before and you've scoped it out and you know exactly how to get in and out especially with the bathrooms and all that kind of stuff so I would say I did a, I did quite a few... Tr- Quite a bit of traveling region regionally, and then that kind of I kind of got put to a halt once that pandemic hit last year. So,
1: yeah, that's understandable. And you live in Indiana. Are there many open mics or venues for you to perform in your area?
0: Yeah, so I'm only about two hours from Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. So i travel I travel to Louisville quite a bit for stuff down at the down at the caravan down in Louisville. And um, uh, last summer I drove, drove, uh, I drove over to Dayton, Ohio, which is only about four hours from me uh, to do a contest over there. Uh, So there's, I mean, we've got a pretty good scene here as far as comedy is concerned. um, But I definitely live in a location to where I don't have to travel too far to find other opportunities as well. Sure.
1: And what are your goals when the pandemic kind of subsides and more people are getting out. What what do you hope to achieve with your comedy once uh, you're able to travel more?
0: I hope to be recognized more by comedy clubs, be able to be able to get booked for, you know, weekends uh, at actual clubs. Um, I'll be traveling to Fort Wayne here in the next few months to, to work a weekend up at their comedy club up in Fort Wayne, which is about four and a half hours from where I'm at. So just kind of to get out there, to meet new people, to connect as much as I can, and hopefully to increase my fan base.
1: Yeah. And it sounds like there's a lot of positive things that go on when you travel and you speak in front of a large audience. But what are some struggles that you deal with when you are planning on a trip or just going to a comedy club?
0: Of course, the hotel, you know, you want to make sure the the uh, hotel room is accessible. Sometimes, as you've as you noticed, if you've traveled, uh, the bathroom's absolutely accessible, but then uh, your bed is, you know, five or six feet off the ground, um, and they don't seem to realize that your bed needs to be at a certain height to be able to, to uh, get in bed and sleep efficiently. And then, of course, I've got to scope out the venue ahead of time and think, okay, am I going to need help to get up on this stage? And uh, am I going to have to get audience members to help? Have I planned this out accordingly to where I've got people I've got with me to help me? Uh, You know, because not every stage out there is accessible as accessible as it should be. Uh, But that doesn't mean I don't take every opportunity to, work as hard as I can to get up on that stage. And that kind of builds that tension before I take the microphone too. So it kind of works in my advantage. Sure. And have you noticed that you're able to talk to the
1: venue managers about the lack of accessibility and have they talked to you about making those improvements for maybe the next time you're there?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things. I have that talk with them and if they're receptive about it, great. If they're not, I just, I'm not one of those people that constantly comes back to them and talks to them about it again, either. um, It's going to get to a point where I'm funny enough and I'm able to fill the seats with people that Mm want to see me. And then they're going to be more receptive about it. Or, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's 2021. Um, If they want to give me the opportunity, I'm not going to, I'm one of those people that doesn't complain a whole bunch um, because I do have more mobility than some folks do. Uh, so I just, I just make the best of it, any situation I'm given. Last question before
1: we get out of here. Who is your favorite comedian, the one that you just look up to for inspiration?
0: I would say definitely Chris Fonseca. If you haven't, if you haven't listened to Chris or, uh, you know, Josh Blue is definitely a runner up. But Chris Fonseca, in my eyes, is the legend as far as uh, Colorado comedy is concerned. Uh, He's been doing this for 30 something years. Him and I are good friends on Facebook. I mean, we try to talk every few days just to see how each other's doing. He's about to go on tour again, which is awesome. So I'm hoping to catch one of his shows if he's anywhere near me. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen his comedy, it's, it's, uh, it's an experience.
1: And why don't you share with my audience your Instagram and your social media links?
0: So you can basically find me on Instagram at palsy positive on Facebook. If you type in at palsy positive, that's going to take you to my comedy page. Um, I'm about to do some updates on my website. That's palsy positive also. So that's basically my brand. You can find me anywhere and uh, even uh, email at at gmail.com is palsy positive. So I just thought that was a a cool brand to, to start with. And it's, it's just kind of grown from there.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Andy. I hope that you get on the road again soon and hope that maybe one day we can meet in person.
0: Sounds great. Thanks for the opportunity. It was so great today. Thanks.